Hello all sentient beings and welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode where we talk about all news, comics, and media related to the... On this episode we review IDW Publishing's Transformers Wars End number 4 in comics. The 2007 first live action Transformers movie is so old it's now getting a nostalgic re-release in theaters. And there's a bunch of Transformers conventions returning this summer. Today is Friday, June 3rd, 2022... And this is episode 288 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that knows that one war's beginning comes from some other war's end. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team, Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? Apollo, a.k.a. Robo Apollo. Hi, everyone. What's up? (laughs) And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hello. Let's talk Transformers. As always, we start the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. We really appreciate all the help you give us to help keep this show going. And we got to welcome one of our newest Donatrions, Chris. Thank you for signing up this month. We really appreciate it. And we hope you are enjoying all the perks that come with being a Transmissions Donatrion. So if you're not already listening to Empire of Rust... Get on the Empire of Rust bandwagon and take a listen and get all the bonus content that we provide on the Transmissions Patreon. Of course, uh, if you are a Donatron, you got access to Empire of Rust Episode 77, the early uncut bonus episode that came out this week. But uh, for all our regular Empire of Rust listeners, next week you will get the regular main episode of Empire of Rust Episode 77, The Spark Awakens Part 2. And that will be out on the free feed at transmissionspodcast.com slash rust this Monday, June 6th. So look forward to that. All right, let's jump into some comics news. Uh, just one item in comics news this week. Uh, we've got the cover, the line art for the Alex Milne cover of the upcoming Transformers Fate of Cybertron. So this is the wrap-up issue of uh, that will tie up all the ending stories to the current IDW Transformers continuity. So we've already seen the end of the main series that ended with issue 43. Then the miniseries Wars End ended with issue 4, which we're reviewing this week. And uh, but they did both series left some significant loose ends as to how the story was all going to wrap up. And that's what Fate of Cybertron is going to give us. Uh, And this is uh, this cover is awesome by Alex Milne. And, uh, you know, it looks really cool. We've got Optimus and Megatron in the foreground. Then you've got Devastator and Computron. In the background, lots of other characters uh, in there as well. All the, the supporting characters, Bumblebee, RC, Ironhide, Prowl, uh, lots of cool uh, Starscream back there too. So it's just a cool image, and it's always cool to see the pencils and, and, and inks come together from Alex's art, see his process and everything. So it's neat. Daryl, do you know that Alex color this one as well? Uh, I believe he did. Yeah, looks great. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the detail, like I just, I just noticed the detail of uh, like Optimus Prime, his little uh, his his crest on his forehead is all chipped, and and some of the pieces are out of place, out of alignment, to show how you know it's it's little 
like he's he's fragmenting away so that's that's a really cool detail there mm-hmm. it's yeah it's kind of like uh um like in uh what is it uh infinity war they're all kind of turning yeah. to dust yeah yeah, yeah it's just kind of him and megatron are kind of merging in the because they kind of fall to pieces in the middle there um mm-hmm. yeah it's a it's a fantastic cover and I, I really like the the devastator at the top yeah yeah just a hint of a decepticon logo looming over him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep yeah and not a stamped insignia to be seen no nope. <laughs> <laughs> there's always so much to look at with his covers too like you know like there's got to be a dozen characters on this uh, in this one image yep all right. Well, let's get uh and that's all that's all our comics news uh for this week just that uh we've got the you know details about the cover for the upcoming issue. But let's jump into our comic review. And we are reviewing Transformers Wars End number 4. Uh this is the final issue in the Wars End miniseries uh, and this is uh, tackling uh, the threat of Exarchon. So this is written by Brian Ruckley, art by Jack Lawrence, inks by Matt Fruz, Rick Mack, and Maria Keen. Colors by John Paul Bove, with color assists by Ed Peary and Ben Peary. Letters by Jake M. Wood and Nathan Wittick. Editor Riley Farmer. Supervising editors David Marriott and Tom Waltz. Uh, cover A is Exarchon uh, as Desthoris. Conquering All by Jack Lawrence and with colors by Rebecca Nolte. Uh, Cover B as a big drill by Phil Murphy. And then the retailer incentive cover is the Decepticons attacking Exarchon, a.k.a. Deathsaurus. And that's by Daniel Kana with colors by David Garcia Cruz. So, Daryl, which cover are you picking here? Uh, Well, if you listened to the uh, trips to the store from... Uh, earlier on in the week, I showed off the cover of this that I bought, and it was cover A, um, the uh, Jack Lawrence cover. I really liked the way it was drawn uh, with uh, the Exarchon as Deathsaurus standing over all of the destroyed and murdered bots, and I just thought that that looked great. So, yeah, that's the one I went with. All right, and Apollo, uh, which cover do you like out of these three? Um, I agree with Daryl. I like cover A the best. Um, you know, I just think it, um, it's a good representation of the story. And, um, I think it's just a really powerful cover with him, um, Exarchon as Dasaurus, I guess, or like in his body, like, you know, on this pile of bodies, you know, so that's my choice. All right. And uh, Jeremy, which cover are you picking? I think I'm also going with cover A. I think it's just so graphic and just kind of shows the power of Exarchon or power of Death Source, really. But yeah, I I like that one. Cool. Uh, I will also choose cover A. Uh, yeah, I, I just like that that image, and uh, yeah, it's it's very brutal with all the dead bots all around him, and he's even got his his hands coated with energon there. A nice little detail there. Cool. Let's get into the story. Exarchon's triumph is at hand, but after Megatron destroyed Flatline back at Shockwave's lab, he is now left with only the body of Deathsaurus to inhabit, but not for long. Exarchon will now add Devastator as the next host for his threefold spark. 
But Devastator is not one spark. It is the combined form of the six Constructicons, and they won't let Devastator be consumed. Exarchon is shocked and angered by Devastator's resistance to his influence, but he'll just find some other host bodies to use. Meanwhile, the Constructicons, overcome by the effort to fight off Exarchon, dissemble and collapse into their six individual bots. Watching from the sidelines, Team Stream, Slipstream, Shadow Striker, Hyperdrive, and Flame War realize they might have picked the wrong side. As Exarchon slash Desaurus eyes them for potential new hosts, they all transform and flee. All except Flame War, who was very distracted by the revelation that the Constructicons merge into a single being and is very curious as to why any bots would do that to themselves. Unfortunately, she doesn't realize that Exarchon has chosen her as his next host candidate. But before he consumes her spark, Sound Blaster reminds Exarchon that they are still exposed out in the open and their enemies are closing in, especially now that they've lost their giant combiner. Exarchon agrees that he cannot afford to be distracted now and it's time for them to go so he can absorb the Allspark. Flame War has cheated death again and she quickly transforms and rolls out, following the rest of her teammates. Elsewhere in the Sonic Canyons, Cyclonus watches the Autobots and Decepticons as they plan to unite forces to stop Exarchon. Cyclonus's ghost friends argue back and forth that they should charge in and attack rather than waste time planning. But Cyclonus ignores them as he sees Mindwipe arrive with a potential solution to, the, to their Exarchon problem. Mindwipe shows off what he's done for Megatron. He's modified a Titan Spark to turn it into a trap for Exarchon. If Exarchon tries to absorb this Titan Spark, it will become a containment cell that will not allow him to spread his threefold spark essence anywhere else. Of course, this means sacrificing the potential life of the Titan Spark to stop Exarchon. Sixshot and the Decepticons are on board with this plan, but Pyromagna hesitates. He doesn't like sacrificing an innocent life in this way. Cyclonus counters that Pyromagna has made other life and death decisions already. Exarchon needs to be destroyed, and Cyclonus is willing to make this sacrifice, and he'll go with Mindwipe into the Cyanic Cannons to make sure the trap is sprung. Below an Exarchon's base, the giant drill is ready to drive to the heart of Cybertron. Exarchon sends part of his spark essence into the drill, a package meant to be delivered straight to the Allspark at the core of the planet. Thus, Exarchon will consume all of Cybertron. The drill enters into the ground and begins its journey to the center of Cybertron. As Exarchon watches the drill drive towards his destiny, Onslaught contacts him on comms and says the Autobots and Decepticons are attacking again. So Exarchon orders Sound Blaster to stay and make sure there is no interference with the drill while Exarchon slash Deathsaurus goes to fight off the enemy again. In the shadows, Point Blank, Shot, Zadar, Landmine, and Geomotus watch with horror as Exarchon's plan comes to fruition. They formulate a plan to hopefully stop it. Landmine and Geomotus will guide Zadar to drill an intercept path and stop Exarchon's drill and destroy it before it gets to the core. But before they can start, they're surprised by Rumble and Frenzy who attack. Shot and Point Blank provide cover fire while Zadar transforms to his drill mode and digs into the ground. Landmine and Geomotus follow him. With the Autobots gone, Rumble and Frenzy alert Sound Blaster that they're going to try and stop the drill. So Sound Blaster takes the cassettes and jumps into the hole left by Zadar to follow them. Back on the surface, Onslaught prepares Exarchon's troops for the coming attack. The Constructicons are still unconscious and disoriented, so Devastator is out of the fight. But Exarchon has the power of Deathsaurus and the remaining Seeker clones to fight for him. They arrive just as the combined Autobot and Decepticon forces attack. The battle is epic, but ultimately a big distraction to keep Exarchon and his foes uh, and his forces occupied. 
They clear a path for Mindwipe carrying the Titan Spark to get close to Exarchon. Mindwipe uses his hypnotism powers to confuse Exarchon and enthrall him to make him want to absorb the Titan Spark. But before he can completely trap him, Vortex knocks Mindwipe out of the air with a punch. The Titan Spark drops to the ground in front of the Exarchon. Cyclonus sees this is the moment and tells Pyromagna to use the Titan Spark on Exarchon while he's distracted. She hesitates and Cyclonus takes matters into his own hands. He grabs the Titan Spark and thrusts it at, at, at Exarchon. Exarchon is still dazed and reaches out to consume the Titan Spark. As his energy flows into it, the threefold spark is trapped in the Titan Spark as it turns black with Exarchon's energy. Cyclonus tells Onslaught and the other Combaticons to stand down since there's no point dying for their leader who's lost. Sixshot is satisfied that he can now take the imprisoned Exarchon back to Iacon with him and moves to pick it up, but Pyromagna has a better idea. She uses her axe to smash the Titan Spark to pieces, ending the Exarchon threat once and for all, and denying another prize to Megatron and the Decepticons. But there is still the matter of the drill. Zadar and the other Autobots have managed to intercept and catch up to the drill, carrying the last of Exarchon's essence into the heart of Cybertron. They find the drill as it enters a massive underground cavern, but before they can destroy it, Soundblaster, Frenzy, and Rumble catch up to them. They fight a pitched battle as Soundblaster and his crew work to prevent the Autobots from stopping the drill. Ultimately, Zadar again transforms to drill mode and bores into the giant Exarchon drill, causing it to erupt in a massive explosion. This also causes the cavern that they are fighting in to collapse. The Autobots all make it out alive, but Landmine notices that Frenzy is trapped under some rubble. Landmine ignores his pleas for help, remembering that Frenzy was the one who murdered poor Brainstorm, causing all this mess in the first place. Back on the surface, with Exarchon done, the Autobot slash Decepticon alliance is at an end. Sixshot prepares to depart with his troops and the Constructicons, who will become a new Decepticon asset. Pyromagna objects that their work isn't done since she wants to find all the bots who were trapped below, but Sixshot tells her that's her problem. The new war is still to be fought, but he's willing to let that wait till later. But he's leaving now and asks Cyclonus to join him. Cyclonus responds that he's done with this new war and will sit and rest for a while to savor the final end of the last war. Back in Exarchon's base, the Autobots emerge from the drill hole alive. As they climb up, Landmine thinks he heard the sound like a warp or something. No one else heard it, but he's sure he heard something. If the Autobots had come up just a little earlier, they would have seen Skywarp teleporting away with an imploder superweapon he was delivering to Megatron. To be concluded in Transformers Fate of Cybertron, coming soon. But that is the end of the War's End series. Apollo, I know you were, you told us you were a little behind in the comics, so I'm curious uh, as your perspective for this issue, since you, you maybe didn't have all the context and not having read previous issues, uh, was this story very confusing, a little confusing, or, or easy to follow? Um, well, there was a lot going on in the issue. Um, you know, it was a good mix of you know, exposition from the villain and um, action and lots of different characters being featured. Um, 
I was able to catch on pretty quickly, though, what happened. You know, it's obvious that Desaurus isn't himself, um, that Exarchon has taken over his body. And um, I remembered, you know, he was mentioned earlier on in the series, you know, how he had that special spark where he could control like up to three bodies at once. So, um you know, seeing that he was trying to take over Devastator, you know, when he wouldn't be able to, because it's actually five beings that make up that one being. So, um, you know, it took me a little bit to get into it. But like, as I said, like, I haven't read the comics in like two months, but um, I, I caught on fairly quickly what was happening, um, you know, and I liked, you know, um, how, you know, a lot of villains do this to like reveal their evil master plan and you know um, Exarchon as Desaurus doesn't fail to do that you know he reveals his little plan like I'm going to take over Cybertron Spark and you know I'm going to get to decide you know who's you know who will live and whatnot or something like that and it's just um, it was good you know and seeing Jack Lawrence's art again um, is refreshing. I, um, I of course love Anna Malkova's art, but um, you know it's nice to see Jack back for this. Um, and yeah, so those are my thoughts on it. You know, the one thing I didn't catch um, from not reading the, um, you know, I've been behind a few months. Well, there were two things was one. I didn't know that frenzy was the one who had murdered brainstorm. And I don't know when that was revealed. Like it might've been revealed earlier and I just missed it. Um, the other thing I didn't really catch was when Skywarp at the end was like, Oh, I missed the action. And he, you know, grabs that, item to give to Megatron. I wasn't sure what that meant, um, you know, until I heard your um, review on the comic. But I thought it was a good series, and it'll be serious, um, or the good issue. It'll be interesting to see how the series actually wraps up, though. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I also appreciate Jack Lawrence's art on this book. He actually did, I think he did all four issues of this miniseries, so he had he got to do all the art uh, for this miniseries. And uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a nice mix of action and exposition here. Although one thing I will complain about is that we brought in Devastator and, and thinking, you know, this is the climax. We're going to have some good Devastator action. And Devastator gets taken out <laughs> right at the beginning. He's like, he's not, he doesn't do anything for the whole book. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a little disappointing that we, you know, we, we, we got the big Devastator here, but Devastator did not devastate. Um, I thought it was interesting that both like both this series and the main series, they end, but they don't really conclude. So I'm curious, like what, how everything gets wrapped up in this fate of Cybertron one shot book. But, uh, this is not really a, a, a complete conclusion here. You know, the, the threat of Exarchon has ended, but you've still got all these loose ends left to wrap up. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, Daryl, uh, what did you think of this issue? I I really liked it actually. Um, so the action in this one shouldn't be a surprise that I was really into this. Um, I too was hoping to see you know some Devastator go you know go nuts. At the conclusion of number three, we kind of had a feeling that that 
Devastator was going to get uh, taken over. But uh, Jeremy and I had a discussion on, you know, on one of those shows that we were on just by ourselves because you had, you know, you'd left us. Abandoned um, us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we were, um, we were theorizing that Devastator is not one spark. He's six, right? Because of all the Constructicons. So uh, that, that he wasn't going to be able to take over Devastator. Um, so it's the, uh, um, I'm, I was happy to see that he wasn't, you know, easily taken over and, or capable of being taken over really. Um, but I really liked the action. The art was great. Uh, there was one uh, sequence of panels where uh, Deathsaurus grabbed all the Seekers and and flew up through um, this uh, this. Uh, what is it here? I'm just looking for the panel. It's flew up through like the doorway or a uh, maybe a um, like an entrance. It's just a hole. There he goes. Flew up through a hole um, and. Uh, I can just, I can see that, I can see that panel cinematically, um, as, as all these seekers, these, these seeker clones just, just soaring up from the ground, uh, with Deathsaurus kind of, you know, in tow and, and kind of, and then the next page has the meeting, the, uh, the oncoming, you know, uh, coalition forces, and then with the uh the the ground forces kind of flying underneath the um the the wreckage that falls from the sky it just i i can see that in my my brain as it as it works uh cinematically and i think it that is really drawn well uh so i i really like that sequence of panels um and uh so that battle was fantastic i really liked uh reading through that um i thought that uh deathsaurus or Exarchon kind of going out, uh, went out possibly a little easy, but, uh, I get it. Maybe had to go out, uh, easy regardless of, or regarding the fact that this, uh, you know, is the end of the, the, the line for, for the, the, the books. Um, but I, I did like how all the other stories kind of co, uh, were, were kind of brought together here. Um, the, uh, what was it here? The, I'm just kind of scrolling through the book here real quick. Um, the, uh, the idea that the, the second war, like the old war, uh, or sorry, the new war is, uh, is about to get restarted again. Um, I mean, they, they agreed to put it off, uh, until the Exarchon, um, uh, problem was dealt with. Uh, I assume that's going to get addressed in the next, uh, in the, in the, the tie up book. Um, because Megatron is under the impression that Prime's going to give him the planet and Prime has no intention to do that, right? Um, so uh, it, it's interesting if that's going to get kind of pushed to the side or if it's just going to get, you know, dealt with. Um, I'm I'm enjoying the, uh, the Cyclonus aspect of this as well, where this Exarchon thing is done and there appears to be no um, no sign of his ghosts, uh, although it's only dealt with in two panels here, so it might be, uh, they might still be around, but it, it looks like he's found peace at this point, And I'm, I'm, I'm happy if that's the resolution of, of Cyclonus's arc. Um, and that would be, that would be just great. As, uh, I've, I've, as Cyclonus as a character, I've kind of liked. He hasn't been used too much, but for what he's been used for, I think it's been well. Um, and then the, 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 the fact, the, the, the tease or the lead in with St- uh, Skywarp at the end 
Um, I think he's been a, a bit of a standout character for this series as well. Not the series, but I mean the storyline throughout all of the the other Transformers book as well. The um, he's been kind of like the Joker of 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 this Transformers uh, line, and uh, and uh, yeah, he's he's been fun. Uh, I I'd like to uh, I'd like to see. I, I I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him. Um, I know that uh, he's just kind of crazy and nuts, and um, yeah, he's now got a doomsday weapon, so. You've got the Joker with a Doomsday weapon um, um, heading to Megatron, I guess. So, yeah, uh, fun, fun times are ahead. Uh, I was, I was really hoping to see a, a like a, a a combiner fight, though. Like, you know, we know that um, Computron is on the planet, and Devastator was here. Uh, yeah, so I was really hoping for a combiner fight, but you know, can't have everything, I guess. All right, and uh, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this book? I really enjoyed it as well. I think it was it was a great finale to this book. It was drawn really well, like everyone's been saying. Um, the had basically was just mostly action through it, and I just I, I agree with what Daryl was saying about the lack of a devastator fight. That I mean, I, I'm happy that we were right in you know the whole failure of X Archon there, but yeah, it it, it makes sense story wise that they would be kind of wiped out from fighting off Exarchon like that, but I I do miss having him just smash things. But there's always the fate of Cybertron book. Um I'm I, I thought that a lot of this book was really well written, well paced, like the whole series. Um and, you know, it, it is interesting that everyone's thinking Exarchon is dead, but he has a part of his consciousness still in that drill. So the the war hasn't really ended yet. So it, there's there's so many things to tie up like fate of cybertron has got a lot of work cut out for it but this i thought was a good miniseries and i really do like cyclonus's uh taken here where he was just done with it all and grabbed that titan spark um but then when um when he was done he he was he's done with fighting and I, i like his arc through the entire series it took a long long time to get here but i liked what they did with the, his character through the entire run from, you know, from the, the reboot. Um, but yeah, I think this was just overall really enjoyable. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the wrap up just to kind of see how things end up. But I, I just, I, I wish that the pacing on the first couple of years of this series was better because having everything have to be a little rushed to get things to the end here, you know, there, there are so many good ideas that, you know, I wish we had more, more time to spend with. I mean, like the Devastator, I wish we could have spent more time with him. And, you know, just seeing more of Cyclonus or more of Six Shot, I think it would have, there could have been a lot of really good stories in this continuity that we just didn't get to see. So, but all in all, this, this particular issue was great. Coloring was great. Art was great. Writing was great. So, yeah. So that will be our that ends our review of transformers wars end number four and we will move on to transformers media news all right in media news this week uh remember loot crate well it still exists um and they've got a new loot wear section and this month being um they are taking orders for their July loot wear, 
and it's a Transformers Beast Wars t-shirt. So if you uh if you want to get in on that, you can uh sign up for Lootware and uh I mean if you remember Loot Crate there it's once you sign up for it it's it's kind of hard to get out of it. So think about that. Um but it's an Optimus Primal shirt, uh Optimus Primal and Cheetor, sorry. Uh they're both on there in their retro uh packaging art style. Um so you got to have your order placed by June 19th uh for July um shipments. So yeah, only but, $14. Uh, there you go. But then it's 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 worth yeah. more than $14 of your time to get out of it. So um yeah, but uh, if that's something you want, uh then uh there you go. You can get that there. Um we've got an update from uh the video game world. Forge to Fight, Transformers Forge to Fight is still going, uh which is still amazing. Um, but, uh, they are adding G1 slipstream to the game and, uh, that's cool. Uh, I, so they've G1ified slipstream and it is based on the, uh, the Takara Tommy legends LG 16 slipstream, which, uh, was the figure that was, uh, retooled or recolored off of the Windblade figure, uh, back in the day. So, uh, this is a uh, slipstream that is being able to be played in Forge to Fight now. So there you go. Uh, if you're still playing Forge to Fight and you wanted a slipstream, you can have it. Uh, if uh, you're a fan of old uh, G1 scripts, then you'd be ex- interested to know that uh, the G1 episode C change, we all remember that one, it's where uh, uh, Sea Spray becomes a merman. Um, it is that script is now available on the Sunbow Marvel Archive website, and uh, you can follow the show notes to uh, to check it out. It has been uploaded there already. You can read it. It's a PDF, so you could even download it and print it off for yourself if you wanted to. And uh, from the looks of it, um, they say here in the sh- in the article that it runs uh, fifty seven pages. Um, it was seventy one apparently. So there is about six or seven minutes of deleted scenes uh, there. So that's pretty cool. So if you wanted to read it and see what, uh, if Sea Change happens to be one of your favorite G1 episodes, uh, maybe you'll uh, be able to find the deleted scenes in there. So there you go. That's kind of neat. I love it how here we are in 2022 and we're still finding out things coming from like 85. So cool. And uh, this is something that I I got, it came across uh, uh, my table here, uh, because of, uh, you know, Twitter, you ever heard of Twitter? Um, I, uh, I use it for social media. It's a small platform. Um, and, uh, the t- Transformers 2007 live action movie is coming back to theaters because it's 15 years old. So it's the 15th year, 15th anniversary of this movie. And it's coming back to theaters, uh, starting July 10th of this year. So, um, if you're going to, if you wanted to see this movie, uh, in theaters, if you wanted to relive this experience or see it in theaters for the first time, because, uh, you were perhaps too young at the time or weren't alive, uh, you know, cause that's, you know, a definite possibility, uh, then you can, uh, you can definitely go and uh, check it out. You apparently it's, uh, it's being shown in a bunch of different, uh, theater chains. Uh, these all appear to be us ones. So Fandango, Re- Regal. AMC and Phoenix theaters. They're all showing, um, you know, uh, information regarding it around, uh, July 10th. So, so 
Do you get these Fathom events in Canada? No. No, oh, because I was just thinking there, there is the 10th is the last day of TFCon. It certainly so is. That would have been fun. So some of these, the last one did show up, like the last uh, 86 movie, which was put on by Fathom Events. The 86 movie uh, in the theaters was uh, did show up in one theater in my area. Um, so it, I'm not going to say that this is not happening, you know, as because it these there's a possibility, but there has definitely been no information I've heard about this happening in Canada yet. And seeing as this information is sparse at best right now for, uh, for the July 10th, uh, showings, um, then, uh, we're, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer before we get a little bit more concrete information on this. Yeah. But I just think, you know, it, we, we know what the movie is, but it would be fun to sit in the room of transformer fans watching that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's all the media news this week. All right. And we will move on to convention news. All right. We have a handful of things here in convention news. Uh, The first couple are from TF Nation. And we have an announcement that Jean-Paul Bove, who did the colors in the book we just reviewed, is going to be attending TF Nation 2022. He's done colors. I hope you heard the you there in, in color. He's done a number of things um, over the years and uh, happy that he's getting back in the convention scene after some health issues. But um, if you do show up, uh, bring him a ham and ask him to sign it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he will, he will appreciate that. Uh, the next thing that TF Nation has announced, um, actually this announcement came from the Royal Mail of uh Queen Elizabeth, um, and this says that these have been personally approved by Her Majesty. Um, There are going to be a special Transformers collection of UK stamps, and um, the designs are going to be revealed at TF Nation. So I think that is pretty dang cool. Is the queen going to be there to reveal them? I I doubt a a 90-plus-year-old queen would be anywhere near there. Um, But... What's also cool about these is Mr. James Roberts did the written features that are going to be accompanying the stamps. And he says he can't say any more right now. Uh, he, he said this on Twitter, Daryl. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, but he, he said the stamps look fantastic and the supplemental material might expand the canon here and there. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing these and trying to figure out how I can get my hands on them. I, I think this will be this is really cool I, I think we've had some transformer related stamps in the u.s but you know they've just been stamps there has mm-hmm. been no accompanying text so th- this is cool i just wanted stamps i didn't want a book <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh back over on in north america um and apollo you reminded me of this when we were talking before the show Cybefest uh 2022 is has a registration up. Uh, Sidefest is July 23rd uh, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Kent, Washington. And uh, you can now re- register as a dealer or an attendee. And it does say that uh, registration will be open through July 9th. And then after that, anyone that wishes to attend will have to come as general admission. So check out the link in our show notes. And if you're in the Pacific Northwest, uh, go check out Sidefest. And then TFCon Toronto has announced that their, their charity auction for Make-A-Wish Canada is returning. And 
This will be held on Friday, July 8th at TFCon Toronto, and it says admission will be free for anyone that would like to attend. So even if you don't have a ticket for TFCon and you just you want to attend the charity auction, looks like you'd be able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always a fun time. You can get some great deals on things. You, you can get some really rare things. You can get something that you might have, you know, talked to someone about and then decided not to get it and then buy it and it ended up being from the same person. Uh, that, <laughs> I saw a conversation about that with some some of our people in Discord this last week. So we watch uh, or or watch uh, one of our listeners, Third Sergio, uh, you know, get into a, uh, a a bidding war with somebody over a one of a kind custom. That was amazing to watch stuff like that. Yeah, so even if you're not going to buy anything, it, it, it's it's awesome just to watch what's going on with the auction. Some of the greatest times I've ever had at, at TFCon are at the, the charity auction. Some yeah. amazing things go on there. And and all the money is for charity, which is is insane. Yeah. So, yeah. Make-A-Wish is a great organization. So, yep. yeah. Uh, I encourage you, if you have something you'd like to donate, um, they're asking that you email them. And they have a mailing address in both the U.S. and Canada that can receive items. So, uh, you know, if you have something to donate and you can't make it to the convention, uh, get in contact with them. And that is all we got for convention news this week. Uh, all right. Uh, that will do it for convention news. And we will finish up the show with feedback. Okay, we've got one piece of feedback this week, but it's special because it's from the author of one of the comics that we reviewed. So this email comes from Nick Marino. Nick says, hi guys, I just finished listening to your review of the beast wars annual in alt mode 284. And I want to say thanks for sharing your thoughts on the morphlings as a huge beast machines fan. That was the first place my mind went when I was invited to pitch for the annual. I really didn't expect my beast machines campfire story to get the thumbs up from Hasbro, but it did. And I was so pumped to be able to bring a little taste of that lore to the IDW Transformers comics. Although I grew up in the 80s with G1, Beast Machines was the first Transformers series that really hooked me. In a perfect world, I'd love to do an ongoing comic set in the Beast Machines timeline. Alas, I only had 10 pages, but that's better than zero pages. Thanks again for taking the time to discuss our story. I really appreciate it. Well, Nick, thank you for listening. Although I guess that's an episode I was not on for that review, but... Uh, I think the guys did a good job reviewing the, the episode. I did read the comic, uh, and yeah, it was nice to see a little, uh, get a little bit of uh, Beast Machines lore snuck in there. Um, yeah, Beast Machines is a series that gets a bad rap, and it, it's it's if you go back and look at it, the story is a great story. I mean, it has its issues, but it was good, and I, I was happy to see this kind of scary campfire take on the beast machine story. Um, it was, it was a fun short in that, in that book. When this, uh, when this message came in, I just, I remember emailing Jeremy saying, I please, Oh, please let me not have shit all over his, his story too badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be- beast machines was not my favorite series. I was, I was a bit of a beast machines hater back in the day. Um, I have since reformed my, uh, my, hateration ways um and i do i do appreciate it as a uh you know for the the series and the and uh, it was a good continuation of the beast wars storyline there were some things i was not happy about i was never a fan of the techno organic uh 
you know, evolution of the Beast Wars characters. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it was, I think on, you know, taken on its own, it was a good story. And, and the, you know, the animation was really good for the time, uh, continuing with mainframe animation. So I think they, you know, they, they did a great job of, uh, of rendering the Beast Wars char- or Beast Machines characters, I should say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Nick got to, got to inject his his beast machines love into the to the beast wars annual so cool and that will do it for this episode of transmissions alt mode uh as always at the we end the show by giving a shout out to our masterpiece donatrons Uh, these are the folks who continue to support our podcast at the highest level which is why we give them a shout out in every episode so thank you again to john forex levengood and demon tech 82 Apollo, thanks again for joining us this week. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, you're welcome. I always have fun being on here talking Transformers. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoboApollo. And I'm also on the Transmissions Discord, which is a really fun community of Transformers fans. Um, you know, and I'll be commenting on posts and making posts as well. There's also um, an informal Wednesday night hangout session. It's at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's just, you know, a group of people get together and talk Transformers and whatnot. Um, I tried to join that, but um, I'm not always able to join, but figured I'd give it a shout out. So, um, Maybe I'll see you talk with you sometime on that hangout session as well. Awesome. And yeah, if you want to get access to the Transmissions Discord, just go to transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. Okay, and that will do it for this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time. Transmissions.